Hello, everyone, and welcome to Metalography Podcast. I'm your host, Willie the Wilster. This episode, we will be looking at Slayer's Season in the Abyss. Well, here we are, the almighty Slayer, or maybe it's said, Slayer, as some people may say their name. Where do I begin with a band that has had a big impact on metal music and myself? So Slayer is a thrash metal band that is recognized as one of the big four of thrash metal along with Megadeth, Metallica, and Anthrax. Thrash metal is a subgenre of heavy metal music and it is recognized by its overall aggression and fast tempos. The songs often use fast percussive beats and low guitar riffs with overlaid shredding style lead work. Lyric-wise, thrash metal was really the first subgenre to focus on a lot of its content on government and the establishment, environmental destruction, religion, war, and other social issues. Hardcore punk has had some influences in thrash metal, and thrash metal really paved the way and opened up many new subgenres that exist today. The 80s saw the birth of thrash metal, and some would say it was a direct contrast to another 80s subgenre of heavy metal known as hair metal or glam metal. So you may be asking, okay, what is hair metal? Well, think of bands like Poison, Motley Crue, Skid Row, and many more that were featured on MTV with a lot of video airplay in the 80s and early 90s. So I know that seems like a lot of information to take in, but it helps to have some of that background when looking at some of the heavy metal bands and albums of their style. Glam metal is something I will cover more in a later episode, but for now, let's get back to Slayer. The album Seasons in the Abyss was the first Slayer album I bought. I remember seeing the video for the song Seasons in the Abyss and I fell in love with the band. I saved up my money and went to the music store to buy this album specifically for that song. I found it, read some of the other songs on it, looked at the album cover, and knew this was going to be something different for me, and I was really, really excited. I stood in line to make my purchase. Okay, let's pause this story for a minute. I'm sure most of you may be familiar with a little sticker that you see on albums that are called Parental Advisory Warnings. So Slayer albums usually, well, they had the sticker on them, and typically you had to be 18 or older to buy them. Well, I was 12, maybe 14 at the time. So back to the story. I handed the guy the cassette tape, and he says, Sorry, I can't sell you this as you're not over 18. And I remember just staring at him with this blank look on my face like, Really, dude? Now... I don't remember if this was the first album I bought that had the sticker on it or not, but I do know for a fact I bought a lot of heavy metal albums that had the sticker on them and did not get denied the sale because I was not old enough. And of course, now I understand that he was just doing his job and following his company's policies, but I was just so shocked I could not buy the album. I was just stood there and amazed and didn't, I honestly really didn't know what to do anymore. Uh, so I just stayed in the music store until my mom came to get me. I then asked my mom if she would buy it for me and she said, okay. So I handed my mom the money and she purchased the album for me all while I was standing next to her at the checkout and the guy knew she was buying the album for me. <laughs> so thanks mom for my first Slayer album. 
I have no idea if my mom even saw the parental advisory sticker or even looked at the album cover closely, but I was just happy I got my first Slayer album. For any of you Slayer fans out there, what was your first Slayer album? Message me and let me know. And I'm sure if mom is listening to this podcast, she's probably going to realize what it was she bought me back so many years ago. And I have seen Slayer live, uh, but that is something I will talk about in a different episode. I will just say that their live shows are definitely an experience. And unfortunately, you may not really get to see them anymore as they've kind of... They've kind of pretty much retired now. Um, There are rumors that they may get back together, uh, do a reunion tour, maybe do some shows, one-off shows here and there. But for the most part, they're really not very active right now in the metal scene. So according to a chat I had with Abraham Lincoln on the internet, this album came out on October 9th, 1990, and was released on Deaf American Records. It was produced by Grammy Award winner Rick Rubin. It peaked at number 40 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and was later certified gold. In 2017, it was ranked number 31 on Rolling Stone's greatest metal albums of all time. This album also featured Slayer's first music video for the title track Seasons in the Abyss. As I mentioned earlier, that video is what introduced me to Slayer. The songs on the album have complex guitar riffs and very fast tempos. The lineup on this album was Tom Araya on bass and vocals, Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman on guitars, and Dave Lombardo on drums. And that would be kind of known also as that classic lineup for Slayer. The songs on this album are War Ensemble, Blood Red, Spirit in Black, Expendable Youth, Dead Skin Mask, Hallowed Point, Skeletons of Society, Temptation, Born of Fire, and Seasons in the Abyss. The opening track, War Ensemble, just kicks off at a breakneck speed and is the definition of not only what Slayer is about, but what you would imagine thrash metal's sounding. Fast guitars and a fast drum beat that gets you tired just listening to it. The verse keeps the tempo fast. And I love how the chorus has a bit of a marching sound. I mean, the word war is in the title, so you can almost imagine soldiers marching to the beat of the song. And lyric-wise, while Slayer never used many metaphors for what they were writing about, they don't really water down their lyrics, and that has caused some controversy for them over their musical career. This song depicts war in a brutal view. The lyrics are dark, and it matches the fierceness of the music. This really was the second Slayer song I ever heard, and I have to say I was not disappointed with what I thought Slayer would sound like. I bought the album for the song Seasons in the Abyss, but War Ensemble quickly became one of my favorite songs off the album and one of my favorite Slayer songs of all time. The second song, Blood Red, does not quite hit that fast tempo like the first track. The tempo is a bit slower, but not slow at all. There is a slight groove rhythm during the verse riff that is a bit catchy, and the lyrics continue the theme of war, and it makes sense to have this as the second song, coming after War Ensemble. The solos on this song sound great, and even though they don't have that classic thrash shredding in it, they do provide a good complement to the groove rhythm that keeps the song going. 
Spirit in Black picks the tempo back up a bit. Not quite as fast as War Ensemble, but a bit faster than Blood Red. The chorus has a great low rhythmic riff that I always enjoy hearing, almost like you can imagine someone swinging a hammer down to a deep beat. Then the bridge comes in and we get some classic slayer speed and thrash. The drum beat is fast and low chugging of the guitars and bass with Tom just singing in a single note to where it sounds like he just speaks the lyrics and doesn't sing. And that is something that Slayer Singer was really known for. He didn't do many pitch changes in his voice and almost all the lyrics sound like they were more being spoken than sung. And I think that's what makes Slayer sound unique when combined with their sound of the fast guitars, the fast drum beats, and just those super fast shredding solos. Expendable Youth has a bit of a groove to it, and it fits with the theme of this song being about gang warfare. Like I mentioned earlier, Slayer never shied away from singing about real issues and tough subject matters. Being from Los Angeles, they never lacked inspiration for a lot of their songs. This song keeps a pretty solid groove to it. The tempo doesn't really pick up throughout the song, but I do like the beat and the rhythm of this song. It was one of the songs I would enjoy listening to over and over when I first got this album. And next is Dead Skin Mask. This song sounds as haunting as the lyrics. The opening riff almost sounds like a bit of a house of horrors. And it fits. The theme of this song is about famed serial killer Ed Gein. I know when I first heard this song, it gave me a bit of a scare. The way they capture music and lyrics to create a haunting or horror scene was amazing. Like this song could give people nightmares very easily, especially if you know much about who Ed Gein was. And even though this was specifically about him, you could almost make a case that this would work for Jeffrey Dahmer too. And speaking of, who's watched the Netflix series about Jeffrey Dahmer? What did you think of it? Message me and let me know what you thought. I've only seen a few episodes so far. Uh, not one I can really binge, but that's just me. So back to the song. Uh, this song's ending keeps up with that horror sounds where you have an audio track of someone screaming wanting to be set free. And it really adds an extra layer to an already nightmarish song. Slayer had a shirt for this song also, and I remember it was one of my favorite Slayer shirts to wear. It had like a gas mask with a red banner with the word Slayer cut into it. And on the back, there was a smaller banner that had the words Uberales, which is German for above all. So this shirt was basically saying that Slayer was above all. I, I love the shirt. I know I totally made it fade from black to like gray because I wore it so much. And um, every once in a while, I'd get a few teachers kind of. Not very happy with that shirt, but I still wore it anyway. I, I, I didn't care. <laughs> Hallowed Point picks things up fast again. It is on pace with the same tempo and speed as War Ensemble and some other classic Slayer songs. I always like how this song just blasts fast out of nowhere. There are a few Phil solos between the verses that have some classic shredding to them. The guitars on this song just play at lightning speed. Theme-wise, Slayer keeps with the theme of gun violence, again, showing how they do not shy away from strong lyrical content. Skeletons of Society bleeds in from Hallowed Point and kicks off with a great drum beat and low heavy guitar riff. The tempo is slower, but that beat is just so heavy. 
Tom again sounds like he is just speaking the lyrics with very little change in pitch. The best part to me is the sound of the vocal during the chorus. There is a harmony track saying the same lyrics as the melody that gives a very dark sound to the chorus. And it sounds really deep, almost like a, a, an outside person is speaking these, these lyrics and saying the chorus. It's really good and definitely gives another kind of haunting sound to Slayer's music. Temptation is unique in that there are two vocal tracks to this song. The reason for that is Tom recorded the vocals the way he thought they should be and then re-recorded the vocals again the way Carrie wanted them and by mistake both tracks were played back and they ended up keeping both versions of the lyrics being sang in the final mix. The song is not super thrashy, but during the bridge and solos, the beat does pick up a bit, and the solo work over the bridge riff sounds very full and leads to a slow breakdown with a little bit of a groove to it. The last half of the song keeps this groove beat to it, and they have like a little bit of a time change on this song, and it was unique because it was something that Slayer didn't really do in their earlier stuff. They didn't have a lot of those time changes that you would hear in like a Metallica song, especially songs off Injustice for All by Metallica where every song could almost be two or three maybe even four different songs built into one. Slayer kept usually a simple tempo, but would just keep it going fast and heavy throughout the whole song. Next is Born of Fire, and it might be a song that is easily forgettable, but to me it is not bad. It has some classic Slayer sounds to it. The tempo is fast and has a constant fast beat to it that I would imagine a Slayer song would have. I can see why some would say it is forgettable, but you should give it a listen to for yourself and see what you think of this song. When compared to others on this album, it can be seen as a weaker song, but like I said, I still enjoy listening to the song when I listen to this album. We now get to the title track, Seasons in the Abyss. It begins with some slow, drudging guitar sounds and beat. For being the very first Slayer song I ever heard, it is not fast, it is not speed, the tempo is not going 200 miles per hour, but when the verse riff kicks in after the slow intro, it catches your attention. And I just love that riff. The tempo doesn't pick up to that lightning speed or anything, but the song as a whole is just low and heavy. The video for the song still sticks in my memory. I remember them playing in what looked like Egypt, and it was Egypt. I, I later found out that this was actually filmed in front of the pyramids in Egypt. And the video started out in black and white, but then kicks into color when the vocals come in. And I remember that vividly when I first saw the video that it had my full attention and it was something new to me. And that's what I can still remember today when I think about this song. I can picture that video in my head. And, well, that was how I was introduced to the Almighty Slayer. This is still one of my favorite Slayer songs of all time, and some of it is due to it being the song that got me into Slayer, but it also sounds so much different from other Slayer songs before it that the uniqueness of the song makes it something very, very special. This song will always have a place in my heart, and it is definitely in that Hall of Fame of heavy metal songs of all time for me. 
So my final review of this album is this goes down as one of my favorite albums of all time, not only by Slayer, but in heavy metal in general. Yes, I may have some bias to it since it was my first Slayer album and introduced to this great band. The album has held up over time and has definitely done well for the band over the years. While this album has a mix of classic thrash Slayer and a few slower tempo songs, the fact remains that this is still a Slayer album. Like I had mentioned a few times in the songs, Slayer's lyrics are nothing to take lightly and have never had happy lyrics. This has of course been met with lots of controversy over their musical career. Slayer definitely have made a name for themselves. Most people know of Slayer even if they're not fans of heavy metal. And if you are a heavy metal fan and do not know who Slayer is, well you have a lot of catching up to do like I did when I first got into them. Slayer remains one of my favorite bands of all time today, and they had a huge influence on the heavy metal scene. You could almost say that had Slayer not existed, heavy metal would look very different today. Thanks for joining me. Please let me know what you thought of this album by emailing me at metalographypodcast at gmail.com. Also, let me know of any albums you would like for me to review. Please like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. This helps to grow the show and make it better. Follow us on Twitter at Metalography Pod and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Metalography Podcast. All the links are in the description below. Thanks again for listening and for your support. And remember, keep it loud and keep it metal. Be blessed, everyone. <laughs>